0: chapter twenty six of the first violin this librivox recording is in the public domain the first violin by jessie fothergill chapter twenty six resignation welch elendes <laughs> und doch bleibt es mir das einzig oebrige briefe beethovens several small events which took place at this time had all their indirect but strong bearing on the histories of the characters in this voracious narrative the great concert of the passion-music of bach came off on the very evening of sigmund's departure it was i confessed, with some fear and trembling that i went to call eugen to his duties for he had not emerged from his own room since he had gone into it to send sigmund away he raised his face as i came in he was sitting looking out of the window and told me afterward that he had sat there he believed ever since he had been unable to catch another glimpse of the carriage which bore his darling away what is it friedel he asked when i came in i suggested in a subdued tone that the concert began in half an hour ah true said he rising i must get ready now let me see what is it the passion's music to be sure most appropriate music i feel as if i could write a passion music myself just now we had but to cross the road from our dwelling to the concert-room as we entered the corridor two ladies also stepped into it from a very grand carriage they were accompanied by a young man who stood a little aside to let them pass and as they came up and we came up von francius came up too one of the ladies was may wedderburn who was dressed in black and looked exquisitely lovely to my eyes and i felt to some others with her warm auburn hair and shining coils upon her head the other was a woman in whose pale magnificent face i traced some likeness to our fair singer but she was different colder grander more severe it so happened that the ladies barred the way as we arrived and we had to stand by for a few moments as von francius shook hands with miss wedderburn and asked her smilingly if she were in good voice she answered in the prettiest broken german i ever heard then turned to the lady, saying, Adelaide, may I introduce you to Herr von Francius, Lady Le Marchant." A stately bow from the lady, a deep reverence with a momentary glance of an admiration warmer than I had ever seen in his eyes on the part of von Francius, a glance which was instantly suppressed to one of conventional inexpressiveness. I was pleased and interested with this little peep at a rank which I had never seen, and could have stood watching them for a long time. The splendid beauty and the great pride of bearing of the English lady were a revelation to me, and opened quite a large unknown world before my mental eyes. Romances and poems and men dying for love, or killing each other for it, no longer seemed ridiculous for a smile or a warmer glance from that icily beautiful face must be something not to forget. It was Eugen who pushed forward, with a frown on his brow, and less than his usual courtesy. I saw his eyes and Miss Wedderburn's meet. I saw the sudden flush that ran over her fair face, the stern composure of his. He would own nothing, but I was strangely mistaken if he could say that it was merely because he had nothing to own.' The concert was a success, so far as Miss Wedderburn went. If von Francius had allowed repetitions, one song at least would have been encored. As it was, she was a success, and von Francius spent his time in the pauses with her and her sister. In a grave, sedate way, he and the English lady seemed to get on. The concert was over. The next thing that was of any importance to us occurred shortly afterwards von francius had long been somewhat unpopular with his men and at silent enmity with eugen who was on the contrary a universal favourite there came a crisis and the men sent a deputation to eugen to say that if he would accept the post of leader they would strike and refuse to accept any other than he this was an opportunity for distinguishing himself he declined the honour his words were few he said something about how kind we had all been to him from the time when i arrived when friedhelm Elfin here took me in gave me every help and assistance in his power, and showed me how appropriate his name was and so began a friendship which please heaven shall last till death divides us and perhaps go on afterwards he ended by saying some words which made a deep impression upon me After saying that he might possibly leave Elbertovel, he added, Lastly, I cannot be your leader, because I never intend to be anyone's leader, more than I am now. He added, with a faint smile, a kind of deputy, you know. I am not fit to be a leader. I have no gift in that line. Doch! from half a dozen around. None whatever i intend to remain in my present condition no lower if i can help it but certainly no higher i have good reasons for knowing it to be my duty to do so and then he urged them so strongly to stand by herr von francius that we were quite astonished he told them that von francius would sometime be ranked with schumann raff or Rubinstein, and that the men who rejected him now would then be pointed out as ignorant and prejudiced. And amid the silence that ensued, he began to direct us. We had a probe to list Prometheus, I remember. He had won the day for von Francius, and von Francius, getting to hear of it, came one day to see him, and frankly apologized for his prejudice in the past, and asked Eugen for his friendship in the future. Eugen's answer puzzled me. "'I'm glad you know that I honor your genius, and wish you well.' said he and your offer of friendship honors me suppose i say i accept it until you see cause to withdraw it you are putting rather a remote contingency to the front said von francius perhaps perhaps not said eugen with a singular smile at least i am glad to have had this token of your sense of generosity we are on different paths and my friends are not on the same level as yours excuse me eugen every true artist must be a friend of every other true artist we recognize no division of rank or position eugen bowed still smiling ambiguously nor could von francius prevail upon him to say anything nearer or more certain they parted and long afterward i learned the truth and knew the bitterness which must have been in eugen's heart the shame the gloom the downcast sorrow as he refused indirectly but decidedly the thing he would have liked so well to shake the hand of a man high in position and honourable in name look him in the face and say i accept your friendship nor need you be ashamed of wearing mine openly he refused that and every other opening for advancement the man seemed to have a horror of advancement or of coming in any way forward He rejected even certain offers which were made that he should perform some solos at different concerts in Elberthal and the neighborhood. I once urged him to become rich and have Sigmund back again. He said if I had all the wealth in Germany it would divide us further. I have said nothing about the blank which Sigmund's absence made in our lives, simply because it was too great a blank to describe. Day after day we felt it and it grew keener, and the wound smarted more sharply. One cannot work all day long, and in our leisure hours we learned to know only too well that he was gone, and gone indeed. That which remained to us was the resignation, the miserable assistant, which poor Beethoven indicated with such a bitter smile. We took it to us as inmate and housefreund, and made what we could of it. End of chapter twenty six.